I want to keep singing, and, and it's appropriate today because we are actually talking about and looking at a song. If you have your Bibles and want to turn there, we're going back to Exodus. We'd started Exodus before the holiday season hits, and I don't know if, if most of you have really ever walked through Exodus chapter by chapter and verse by verse, so we're doing it, and we're in Exodus 15. Exodus 15 is a song. So, how adventuresome do you feel? <laughs> Let me look. Yeah, you guys look, okay. This is, this is, I don't, I'm not a song leader, but this is the song at the sea. This is what we're looking at today. And, and there's a song I learned when I was a kid. And maybe if you went to Sunday school, you learned it too. And even if you didn't learn it, it's really easy. And I want you, this is the adventuresome part, to sing it with me. Would you do it? It's just this verse. It's on the thing right there. It goes like this. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. What do you think? Okay, you're saying, Swanson, you're a terrible singer. I get it. But sing with me, would you? Try it one time. Here we go. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. One more time. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. That was pretty good, you guys. Good job, you're better than me. But I don't think it was sung with visceral, amazing passion. And you know what? When I think this, when this was sung, it was sung that way. And he's talking about people dying. Why do you think it was sung that way? Because they're standing by the Red Sea. Have you ever seen a movie or been in a situation yourself when you're faced with some incredible danger and what you need to do is run? The grizzly bear is in front of you. You hope you run faster than the person next to you because you just need to beat one. But honestly, when you run away and there's this pounding in your heart and this, this adrenaline that's going because, because something's about to get you and you run. And, and, then, and then they did that, right? They went through the Red Sea with the chariots of Egypt following them with Pharaoh and his armies. And they've got sticks and, and the chariots and spears are coming for them. And they ran. They got to the other side and God has closed the ocean over the, well, the Red Sea, over the pharaoh's army and they all died and they're standing there looking at the waves you know it looks awfully peaceful but if you went underneath the surface there's dead bodies because god the warrior had done an amazing thing and so they sang a song. And we're looking at the song today. It's a song of worship. And it wasn't that God just grabbed them out of Egypt and ran them across and saved them. Remember from, from what we've been through, we've been through many weeks in Exodus before now, but refresh with me just for a second. The wonder of what God had done. Because he didn't just take them out. First he made them a nation and they're in slavery to the world, to Egypt. And then here comes God picking Moses. Remember Moses is no pillar of righteous wonder. He'd run away after murdering someone, lived in the desert for many years. And God says, go back and tell them, this is what I'm going to do. And we have the plagues. And the plagues point, point, point. They climb a mountain. At the top of that mountain, this glowing, amazing deliverance called the Passover. When the blood of the perfect lamb 
on the doorposts, rescues them. And Pharaoh finally, his heart broken, says, go, go, go. And then just to emphasize it, chases after them and they're cornered on the sea and then they run across the Red Sea as God splits the sea and, and, and there they go the other side and boosh, and now we are where we are. And they sing this song and my hope this morning is you would consider with me what this worship song, because it's a song of worship, what it is. And how does it affect your worship and how you think about your worshiping as we worship our amazing Savior? Because he's delivered us. And do you really viscerally almost, I mean, I can't gin it up for you. I'm not saying, boy, you should feel more deeply than you do. But, but is there a way to see and look to realize the wonder of what's been done for you? And you worship that God. So I call you to that today. Welcome to the song by the sea. We're going to look at it together, would you? Chapter 15, verse 1. It says, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to Yahweh, the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. Okay, so did, did you see? It's kind of three verbs in there that we do if we're part of this people or the people of Israel were doing. One is I will what? Sing praise. I will sing. I will praise or worship. And I will exalt. So they're hit by what God has done and they worship. I guess you'd have to know what he's done, right? To do this. And by the way, they're not distracted by their own failure or weakness or apparent inability. They, they're not prideful about their success or strength or wisdom. They're not, they're not after, hey, look what God enabled me to do. They're going to be singing the praises of God. I'm, I'm interested to know exactly what that is. Because I think, you know, I, I, every bit of this song is going to be what God's done. What has God done? Well, he's made gentle breezes flow. Kindnesses increase, love abound. You know, he does those things. But first and foremost, in your life and mine, he, he is ours. He destroys those against us. See this, this is worship. God is triumphant over his enemies. This is a song of triumph. Let's look at it more. It says in verse 3, Yahweh is a man of war. Yahweh is his name. Whenever you see that capital L-O-R-D, that, that's the name of God there. It's not actually said, it doesn't actually say in Hebrew, Lord. It says Yahweh, that's his name. So it's very personal, right? He says, they sing. This is the, they're singing. This is the song. Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. <laughs> they're sitting there looking at this sea, now covering all the armies of Pharaoh. And they sing of God's victory. Not theirs. Nothing of them at all. 
Look at God's acts, they say. You know what that means? Our God is immensely powerful. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, Yahweh, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The flood stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. Okay, this is the second song we're going to sing together. At the blast of your nostrils. What? No, but you step back and say they're singing. What are they singing about? They're singing about the power of God. Right? The things he did, this bigger than just Pharaoh, this is God blowing the seas apart. This is chaos and uncreation. This is amazing power. And this is our God. We forget sometimes, you know, God's not a pansy, hopeful that we'll believe and hoping that we'll serve him and do some things he needs done. He is incredibly powerful. He's able to do anything he wants. And he exercised that to rescue these people. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? Okay, so they're singing this song, so you get this piece. Of, now, it, again, nothing about what they did. They're like just looking at this amazing act of God for them, and they're almost like nothing, hopeless. They're, they're going to sing songs to God. But, but the, the enemy is the one who has some things to say. I will raise my fist and do what I want. I will raise my sword and go after them. And so the person that cuts that down is God. <laughs> he blows the wind. They have absolutely no control. They think they do. They think they can go get them. They think they have power. And they don't. Right? Who is like you, O Yahweh, among the gods? Gods are over us. They're higher. Majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders. In what way? Well, you stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. You have led your steadfast love, the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. Again, I got, I got some trouble because I, I don't understand. They're singing this. This is the song. I'm trying to think of Jaron with a you know little guitar strum. Every single line is about what God has done. What would you say? What has God done for you? 
God destroyed their enemies and brought them through. He is the majestic, holy, awesome, glorious, wondrous one by what he has done. It's totally okay to see that in creation, but I wonder what enemies of yours he has destroyed. Has he? Obviously, I mean, they're standing there having experienced this you know, deliverance and salvation, literally, from the armies of Egypt. And that's what they're singing about. They're singing the song of how he did it. And then if we sang a song like that, what would we sing? This is why I don't think we sing very well. We don't feel it. It's not right there in our face, you know. I know Jesus died for me, but he died like how many thousands of years ago? A couple thousand thousand it's not in my face so what is in my face is daily life and the ways that things don't go so well and the, the, the different pieces of my life that are like oh, you know i'm not sure about that i i i, I wish my my spouse was nice i wish my kids did better i wish i wish i didn't have cancer i wish i mean all these things and say god are you really for me kind of creep in and this passion of you realize what god's done for you is in my face what might it look like if we sang a song song of deliverance of us from what from what can i suggest sin and death whoa sin and death right from our eyes and the flesh and the devil from this world and all it contains our enemy is actually becomes the law because the law is good and true and it condemns me all the time who will save me from this body of sin and death I, I wonder sometimes, because we de- tend to sing in big picture stuff, if we would sing more specifically, that maybe it would hit our hearts more, you know, because that's what they're doing. They're saying, hey, you took the Egyptians and you killed them. That doesn't sound very worshipful. No, it's right in my face. God delivered me this specific thing. The depths that Jesus went to to rescue us, that he suffered death and he descended and he rose from the grave and he shed his blood and he broke the power of sin and death that held us in slavery. It, it is a victory. He is powerful over his enemies and they're not his enemies. There are enemies that he fights for us. That's, we're not the, we're not the, I know we're not the Israelites. We actually have a little different enemies. It's symbolic. The things that were going on with passing the Red Sea is symbolic of baptism, right? The things that are going on as, as, as these pictures of the Old Testament point forward to a greater rescue that Jesus Christ is. We have more than they had, not less. Here's Romans, right? Here's Romans 1, 4. Jesus Christ was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, he fought for us. And he fights still, doesn't he? But he's conquered. Or here's 1 Corinthians 15. 56, the sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gave us what? The victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gave us the victory. He did it, not us. It is so awesome. And we start to go, wow, what's the response? Well, if the response is like it is in Exodus 15, it's a song. It's worship. Pretty cool, huh? 
We didn't do any of it. Just like this song, there's not a single thing to do, just worship at the triumph of God for us. I will sing, I will praise, I will exalt, because he has done it all. And I wonder if sometimes we don't take away from that glorious song by putting ourselves in it. That's weird, right? Lord, thank you for giving us strength, and we used it. We cut to the right, we ran faster than the chariots, we escaped them. Oh, that's not really the song. (laughs) That would be the opposite, right? So it is with our lives. Would you just rejoice? Would you just sing? Would you actually believe the victory has been won? Because Jesus Christ is that powerful and that strong. Yahweh is the Father. He is mighty to save, and he has sent his son Jesus, and he has done it all. So it's not just salvation through the Red Sea that this leads to in their song. They see how God acted, and it gives them hope and confidence, not just for where they are, but for the future looking ahead. We should have that too. It's not just a song of triumph. It's a song of promise. Look, and let's finish the song. So it says, the peoples have heard, they tremble. Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Okay, I would get it if they said the Egyptians trembled. But who are they saying is trembling? What's going on? They're looking ahead, aren't they? (laughs) To this coming promised land. Who's in the promised land? These people called the Philistines. They're saying God's amazing deliverance now will even cause our future enemies to tremble. (laughs) That's fantastic. It keeps going. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Okay, they're looking to the inhabitants of Canaan. Canaan is the land of promise where God's going to take them. And they say, you know what? I see the power of God and he will not stop until he gets us where we're supposed to go. And even what he's done in the past will have an effect on what's happening in the future. It's coming. Terror and dread fall upon them. Because of the greatness of your arm, they are still as a stone. Till your people, Yahweh, pass by. Till the people pass by whom you have purchased. That's identity, right? Like, God's got us. We're his possession. He's going to carry us right to where we're supposed to be. That's what they're singing. Because God is so strong, nothing can stop him. I feel like, like, like we're a bunch of little ants gathered around an anthill, and all of a sudden there's a big snake, and it's going to come and have a little snack of ants. And it doesn't even see the massive foot about to crush its head. Because that's the deliverance. The deliverance outside of us. Crushing the head of the serpent. Jesus has done it. He will deliver. He will come. And nothing will keep us from him. Nothing. That's our life right now, right? I I don't know what crazy obstacles might be in your way. I don't know what lack of money or lack of health or lack of friends or lack of whatever that tempts you to think that God doesn't really have you. Instead, there's this cosmic promise that we're a part of and we can sing it, you know. 
What will keep you from the love of Christ? Nothing. Because God has redeemed in Christ, and that means he has you. Look what God will do, even by promise. Look at the New Testament for a minute, will you? Well, I put it all first. Yeah, we can go look a little. We'll look at the end. Let's just finish the song first. It says, you will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain. The place, Yahweh, which you have made for your abode. The sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. Yahweh will reign forever and ever. Right? His reigning is the accomplishment of what he wants. And his desire is to plant his people. And, and I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say, I am a child of God. I am his people bought by the blood of Christ. That he's going to plant the, his people on his mountain The place that he makes, by the way, his sanctuary, which is a reference to a temple, but it's not the temple that the Jews are going to make because it's a temple that's made without hands. His hands established, not ours. Right? Look at that. That's so cool. The sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established, and then you will reign forever. And this is the song, the reigning. It's his accomplishment of what he wants. His desire is to plant his people on his mountain, his abode, his sanctuary, and oh, I want to see it. That's the song. It may not see like, seem like something you would sing, but but we should sing, right? We sing in worship and exaltation and praise and the worship should not be at all about us because what's been done isn't about us. There's no hope there. There's no hope in your faithfulness and your goodness and your steadfastness and your kindness and your love for me. There's hope in his love. Every hope in that. Why do I say that? Why can I really be firm about that? Because I know what he's done. That's their reason for singing, right? That's their reason. For when the horses of Pharaoh and with his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, Yahweh brought back the waters of the sea upon them, but the people of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. Then, so, so that's the reason. And, and therefore they were singing. By the way, they make utter fools of themselves in singing. Because it says, then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, she took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went without after her with tambourines and dancing. And Miriam sang to them, sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider he's thrown into the sea. You just sang that. But you didn't sing it with dancing and tambourines. Okay, so we have a pile of tambourines up here. We're going to do some dancing around the church. You could, right? Because they made a, they made a total, I, I don't care. We are so amazed at what God has done. It's so fantastic. The horse and rider thrown into the sea. Because what's been done in Christ, dear present. Oh, you realize, right? Precious, precious friend fellow person in the church what's been done for you is so much more than what they got 
We are standing by the sea of God conquering death for you. Forever. Forever. Your sin, done. Deliverance from the world through chaos, yes. That's what being pointed to. And in our God, our magnificent, wondrous, amazing, glorious God, He's done it for us. It is finished, is the cry. So, so maybe... Maybe we should sing more songs. <laughs> God, who's delivered us, will be sure to plant us on His mountain. Death and sin conquered by Jesus. We will be raised. Uh, but, but I tell you what, these are big words and big concepts and totally true. And, and yet at the same time, often it doesn't touch my heart because, uh, I don't know, I, I get my eyes off of Jesus and what He has done and onto like, the, all the stuff that's happening here. All the things that like intrude on my life that aren't very good, in my eyes at least. I struggle. I just forget my identity. Is this all-powerful God really for you? That's the question, right? What's your identity? You walk around in it. Does it make you sing songs? So chew on that for a minute with me. Romans 8, right? Verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Okay, things don't look like what the truth is. There's suffering going on, waiting for the revealing of the people of God. His sons and daughters, and saying, oh, it's men talking. No, he's talking about the sons of God. You're a son of God. You're a child of God. Wow. In Christ, right? Here's First Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's <laughs> my Jesus. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We are standing on the edge of the sea. God has done it for us. And he says, I will take you and plant you. And it's way deeper than, than there was an army that wanted to kill you and they're a little faster than you and had tanks when you had spears. It's about your sin and death that follows. And you had no escape. And Jesus Christ has saved you. We need to be reminded, you and me, we don't want to sing this kind of song because it doesn't seem to be our song. So what is our song? What has he delivered us from? And you realize he's delivered us from sin and death. So simple, it seems too, yeah, just trust him, right? And that's the first John 1 12 says he, he all who received him who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God Acts 16 whoever believes in the Lord Jesus will be saved John 3 14 Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness so the son of man must be lifted up so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life John 6, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him and they will have eternal life. 
<laughs> we are talking eternal life. And we're talking about one for us, the victory one, forever. And, and we start to say, okay, okay, okay. I don't like okay, okay, I'm sorry. I start to go, it's true. I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God because of what he's done in Christ. I can keep my head up. I cannot care about my suffering. I can sing a song. I don't have to gin and, oh, uh, you ought to be singing more about Jesus. You ought to be doing more because he's, sure, that's all true, but you don't. But you know what? When you want to, because you see the depth of what he's done, that's not a should, ought, want. That, uh, that's a, I, I, please, can I? The song might even change because it's not about you. You get overwhelmed with this victory for us, this powerful God who rescues the different end game because of greater salvation. He does it all for us. His obedience, his satisfaction, his giving, keeping, not yours him this is our union with him that he makes because i don't even know what it is great is this mystery there's no other way no other way so sing a song would you get loud because the truth of the bible is that jesus christ has rescued you and it's fabulous and you need to remind people around you because we forget it the wonder of what's been done for us You can be freaky if you want to. You can set people on edge, but you don't have to. You just sing the song of deliverance by what God has done alone because he's rescued you in Christ for all eternity. This, to me, is the message of the song at the sea. And because I don't have another song, I, would you sing that, that line with me again? But thinking about you, the little verse, I will sing unto the Lord. He's your Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. Oh, he has. The horse and rider thrown into the sea. Not Egyptians, because that's not you. But sin and death. Condemnation that is due you. Away forever. So let's sing one more time. Would you sing one more time with me? Let's do it. It's right here. Open on the board, because I don't mean you, you, you don't know it, maybe. One, two, three. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. One more time. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. He has triumphed gloriously. May your heart sing all week about it for the rest of your life. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for what you've done for us. We can't really even understand it the depth, the height, the width, the love of Christ for us. What I can do is say, thank you, Lord. What we do right now is worship. We worship you. Lord, help us to be free in our worship. Help us to see the depth of what you've done for us and let loosen our lips and soften our hearts. And may we be a people who are just amazed that you've done it all for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.